That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Please call me Tim. Tim. Okay, great. Awesome. I get to call Tim Seal Tim. How awesome is that? <laughs> That's so cool. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. And uh, we got an amazing show tonight. I still can't believe it. Um, let me just bang the panel out of the way real quick. I got Grandpa Batman from Texas. Howdy. Legends of Lego Batman from California. Hang oh, on. cheers. Grandpa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a stupid moniker, but it's stuff, and, you know, they just it's call his, me Gramps. It's his new so life now. I guess. You can just call me Gramps. Okay, Gramps. <laughs> got Robin, Robin Cross up in Canada. What's happening? Got the Grumpler over in New York. Hello. And got the Trunkler over in uh, Chicago. Woo-wee, I'm excited. Um, so, uh, since the initial inception of our show, we've come a long way without realizing how far we would come uh, we've we've had some big names from actors to writers to artists to animators to everyone that you could imagine working in the world of batman mythology but for me for me if i could have one if you would ask me then or now if i could have one guest on out of anyone for me personally it would be someone that i consider the greatest and the most interesting batman artist of all time for me frank miller <laughs> 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 but that's awesome. Don't lie. <laughs> nah. Well, it may be for Gramps, but but uh, but that man is here tonight for me. Um, this man's uh, body of work stems from everything imagined from the biggest names of comics, from Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, Captain America White, and alongside Jeff Loeb is part of the most legendary creative team ever for Batman mythology. This man has mastered the art of detective noir and comic art in masterpieces such as Batman Fear, Madness, and Ghost that collect the uh, Haunted Night Saga, uh, Catwoman When in Rome, which is considered one of the greatest Catwoman stories ever told, and a book that stands neck and neck with Dark Knight Returns for the mass public, uh, The Long Halloween, alongside Jeff Loeb, to be followed with Dark Victory. Um, super interesting and talent that we were lucky enough to have and enjoy uh, through this genre. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Tim Sale in the building tonight. Tim, welcome and thank you. So yeah. Hi. First, we just want to ask, um, how's life? How's everything going? Well, everything is great. Uh, I'm up here in Seattle, Washington, uh, with my lovely wife Susan and a uh, little cubby hole where I draw comics. <laughs> That's we, me and Gramps. We were, we had a long conversation with Susan a couple of years ago in New York Comic Con. I think before you got there, she was like at the table kind of running things over um yeah this was like 2015 i think i think we which con uh, new york, new york comic con oh okay I, I came up for new york comic con and we were in artist alley and uh you hadn't arrived yet i think that you had just flown in for the day and, and she was there at the pan at the 
Artist Alley already setting up the table and, and selling prints and whatnot. Yeah. You know, we got to speaking with her because this was about the time that we were about to start the podcast. Just getting going. Yeah. 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 And we were oh, trying think, to, you know, I think it was meet the, people. The show that I had horrific uh, nosebleeds. Yeah. Three. She said you had just flown in and were having some nose problems. So, yeah. No, that was true. That was um, with the air pollution in New York. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, more my nose shit that goes on but no susan uh doesn't often come with me to shows but she wanted to go to new york at that point thank god she did she was right there by my side during all of that i do maybe a half a dozen Shows a year, it's about all I, I want to do. I, I think that's about all. If you're going to have a career drawing mm. in your studio, that's about all you can do. Yeah, so you, you pick and choose, like, who wants to go to New York? Who wants to go to Chicago? Just different places like that. We had a, we had a great time talking with her. And, um, you know, I just want to let you know that she's very passionate about your artwork, too. She was very sincere about it you know, how proud she is of you and, and what you've accomplished. And she kind of, you know, gave us some insight, you know, as the person that knows you probably the best. Mm. And we were just like, we, we've got to get him on the show at some point, <laughs> at some time. We've got to get him on the show. Mm. So thank you very much for coming on tonight. Well, my pleasure. And Susan is the best. Yeah, she is really, really. She is the best. She called me uh, to say, hey, these guys are trying to get in touch with you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not hooking up. What's going on? <laughs> we call we call the neighborhood that watch. Here, here now, <laughs> he yelled at me. <laughs> Susan for the win. Give her, what? give her our best. Yeah, you know, we really had a pleasure I, talking with her. Yeah, I will. Tim, we, there's in this genre. There's just new and new generations of um, fans that constantly pick up the books, and you know, there's always the go-to lists, and obviously. Um, so your work with uh, Jeff always lands on those lists, and new readers always come along. Would it be? Could you give us a quick little like um, Tim Sale origin story about how your journey, you know, in, t in terms of becoming an artist and breaking in the uh, in the genre? Sure. Uh, um, I'm going to leave out a lot of the 1980s where you know shit just wasn't happening, and I stumbled forward. But around the late 80s early 90s, I was given some advice to go to San Diego. And that convention at the time was actually a comic book convention. I met Jeff there. I met Jeff through Barbara Candle. He had uh, someone find you, didn't he? Was that, that That's that's how what he said on... Uh... I don't know if that's exactly right, but DC had Barbara looking out for people to connect with Jeff. DC had connected with Jeff at that point. I, I Jeff said okay when they hit on me. There were people like Sinkevich, Brian Bolland, or whatever that they kind of threw out at him, or he threw out back at them. But, you know, I was someone who was young enough in the industry that Jeff could boss around in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're not going to boss around Brian Bolland or Sienkiewicz. So what What can we do? Because Jeff had never written in a comic before. So how can we, two punks, get in there and try to stir some stuff up? Do you remember what type of 
style you were drawing at the time or or what yeah. you had in your portfolio that really impressed him? He said, well, you draw ugly people. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he was right. But what, what I was trying to do was to draw individual looking faces. Yeah. Yeah. They were ugly, but, but, and I didn't know how to draw beautiful at all. So when, you know, I couldn't just flip it over and say, hey, here's a six of girl, because I, I didn't have that in me. I think that's what Jeff wanted. And if the idea of the challengers was, was four guys with different hair color, but they're all the same, how can we find somebody who can make them different? And that I think that, that was the, the thing for Jeff. One thing that your wife told us is that you actually study like a lot of photo albums and, or, or books and stuff, especially like when you were doing the Captain America White you know, to find like the World yeah. War II style architecture and later on, vehicles. That, that came later on. Because your background work is really what, for me, I'm drawn to what you do with like, you know, the cityscapes and interiors and stuff like that. I'm like, Thank I, I, I love that. I really Thank notice, you. I mean, like what you said with your people, they're more expressive when, in their features, but the backgrounds look like, you know, almost realistic. I love that. Yeah, the, uh, the landscapes and shadows. shadows. And, you know, oh, the, yeah. The, yeah, the shadows oh, and everything, yeah. the contrast. Yeah, no, the environments during uh, Long Halloween, what should be in the room, what kind of clothes are they wearing? And like what angles too? I noticed you're really big on how you zoom in and out and how you angle your panels. It's almost very cinematic to me. I always noticed that, how, how brilliant that was to me because I felt like I was reading a comic and watching a movie at the same time, the way you, you laid some of that stuff out on Long Halloween. I think of it as as comics, but yeah, moving the camera in or out, showing the whole room or only part of the room for a specific purpose, what should be on the desk, what should be in the background, what shouldn't be in the background, all that kind of stuff. And I, I think I got better at that by, you know, uh, Jeff and I went from Long Halloween to Superman for All Seasons to Dark Victory, and I think by the time I got to Dark, Dark Victory, I got a lot better at the detritus that was around. Mm. But in in Superman, the whole point was a kind of Rockwell, Norman Rockwell. This is Clark's bedroom. What would be in there? Mm. Baseball stuff, mm. dog stuff, underwears on, on the ground. <laughs> you know, that kind of Probably stuff. Probably a mustache comb. <laughs> <laughs> Well, except for the mustache, but yeah, yeah, no, exactly that kind of stuff. That's what I wanted wanted to talk about. Just because we're on a similar topic, because your your work can be so intricate, and especially with you know your shadows, your architecture, and everything like that. Do do you ever draw inspiration from fine art as well, like old masters and classic art as well, or is it just? Do you just draw inspiration from everywhere? Only because you're you're like an artist, artist to me. So that's why I was always wondering. Where you transfer. Yeah. Um, by the time I uh, got to Dark Victory, I was working with Mark Chiarillo. And Chiarillo has a huge knowledge and background in mid century, being 20th century, advertising and magazine art and artists. And he shared a lot of that. That opened up an, uh, an awful lot. I mean, already on uh, Superman for All Seasons, I had looked at a tremendous amount of Rockwell's work, right? But there was so much more to discover. And Mark 
open that up to me in the way that you're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, fine art and magazine art are mm-hmm. back to important for me. Um, I, you know, from when I was 16, Michelangelo and Botticello and, you know, I am, mm-hmm. different people were, yeah, absolutely important to me. But that was more about the body. Illustration art is more about setting the scene and I put people in a place and tell a story. Robert McGinnis, that kind of stuff. When I when I go through your work, it almost feels like a constant <coughs> evolution. I always find new things and it's as if you're trying like and accomplishing like right, what? Um, when in Rome, the first page when she's on the rug. I think you. Yep. I think you went more heavy on the washes at that one. And I was like, that is that's like a piece of fine art to me. That is really <laughs> intricate. So. Well, that was a rug that I had actually. Oh wow! I was just oh, drawing on. So, so Catwoman stole your rug. Yeah. <laughs> I stole Catwoman's rug. Oh, 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 best possible answer. Nice. Now, uh, talking about the stuff like that, like where you were getting your inspirations from. If we take it back to the beginning, uh, what what got you here? Was there one specific thing that made you want to be an artist, or uh, how did that happen? Oh, no, nothing specific. Specific, I think like many young men, women, we aspire to do something like other people we loved were doing. So I was about 13 when I I got more intensively interested, but it wasn't until I was probably about 30 that it happened. So I spent a lot of time fucking around and, <laughs> or, and well, living well, life. Well, still drawing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was kind of fantasy unicorns, castles kind of stuff, because that was what was, quote unquote, popular at the time. But it wasn't it wasn't doing me doing me any good. And I, I, it was I was about 30 before it, the comic thing came back to me. I, I began in the 70s uh, trying to break into comics. I went to the John Buscema school in 1976, I think. And Buscema, Ramita Sr., Severin were the teachers. Wow. And it was once a week. <laughs> wow. But this, this was the precursor to uh, the Kubert School, right? which was a real school. This was just kind of a bookshop kind of thing to go do. But I left Seattle and went to New York to do that. I came away thinking, well, fuck, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I have no idea how to do this. And so I spent nine or ten years just thinking that way. Then thinking, well, at least I can ink. I know I can ink. And uh, so my first job was inking. Uh, but that then led to Batman going to San Diego and meeting Jeff. And there's my cat. Catwoman's back for a rug. Yeah. <laughs> Your relationship with Jeff has, has been really prolific. Has always, yeah. Has always, I'm, I'm guessing it's always been like really good chemistry, like a great working partnership, I imagine. I mean, you guys seem to just flow so well. I wanted to congratulate you, actually, for uh, the Omnibus just came out. The Jeff Lopes himself Omnibus. And, right. uh, yeah. In stock trades selling those, co- they're like flying out the window. People are buying all of them and just amazing collection. I mean, when you see that thick book, do you do you just like I know. remember all the man hours that went into that thing? The like- first thing that Susan did was 
<laughs> take it upstairs and put it on the scale. <laughs> and actually, the first thing that Jeff called me right away and said, have you seen this motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had at that point. So, no, it, it, yes, it, it, it is impressive how much we've done. But I, I always knew that we'd done it really i mean i always appreciated how much uh, the volume of work that we had done so it wasn't wow crazy yeah, to me because yeah because you you laid out the the artwork you that's just batman stuff right yeah, so yeah just batman stuff yeah. there's the marvel stuff too yeah so. yeah you i was gonna ask that is the marvel omnibus with like you know all the different characters you know the green the blue white yellow is that gonna come out in omni format too i know yeah that's up to marvel okay no all this stuff is i didn't know that the batman omnibus was going to come out until they until your scale broke (laughs) (laughs) no well before that until (laughs) until dc said we're doing this that's the thing you know when you work for hire you're up to their you want to be involved as much as you can and say hey i got this stuff here and i got extra stuff over there and let's make it as good as it can be right so well you you've been doing a lot of variant work as well so you've been pretty still pretty busy with dc a lot of variants what we get from you for the main batman run yeah uh, well, that's because of Mark Chiarello, who is the art director at DC, and he signed me up for, or he asked me if I wanted to sign up for two years' worth of variant covers on Batman, and fuck yeah. Tim, I'll be honest, you know, this is just me, but... Those are the ones that I probably go buy the single issue most. And especially, I love the, uh, the Batman Shadow variant that you came out with. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, those, I, are, those are two I, of my top like, favorites. Oh. And when, when you got to do one of the Batman Shadow <clears throat> variants, oh, man, I love it. Years ago, I was talking with DeVio about doing a Shadow series. Mm. And it never happened. Mm. Oh, damn. oh damn oh yeah your style would be perfect for that yeah, yeah your, your style resonates so much with people like you know deal with a lot of fans a lot of younger fans too like early 20s and massive tim sale fans like your your work just translates that well and i just want to take this opportunity to ask you because i always wanted um you have the most interesting and stylized Batman Rogues Gallery there is from two faces, Meat Face to Joker's piano teeth to to Poison Ivy's um, vegetation everywhere that a lot of a lot of modern artists use now. Your Rogues Gallery like stylistically nobody takes nobody <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like, too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> when when you developed his Rogues Gallery like that, like what was the inspiration for that? Did it? Did it just come to you, or did you pull from well, somewhere? Because it's so unique. I mean, you got to think like se- over seventy-five years of artists drawing these these characters, but you you were able which to make one? them your own. Which one? I don't know, Joker piano teeth. That's the Grinch. Okay, all right. Oh, nice. That, yeah, well, because um, in Long Halloween, it had to do with um, 
he was coming around Christmas time. I remember when he first appeared. So yeah, that does. Um, but I, I, not so much Christmas. Right. But the idea of the teeth being piano keys that are kind of loose. Right. Chuck Jones. I see oh, that, I see that was the idea. How how about your scarecrow? Scarecrow. Yeah. I can you exactly. That was the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, which was a Walt Disney movie. It became a movie, but it was a Sunday night show. Walt Disney's Walt Disney uh, of movies. I just looked it up and I see it. Yeah, I see Walt Disney's The Scarecrow and uh, he's on the horse as well. Yep. Oh, and the horse is kicking up. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. Listen to the song. (laughs) Is it scary? Uh, Telling you, is it, it is scary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Anyway, that was a big thing for me. Uh, I was about eight or nine years old, and I hated the way that uh, the scarecrow in uh, Disney comics was portrayed. Mm. And so I said to myself, well, let's see if I can get away with this. And nobody ever said anything about it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm it amazing. That's amazing. I got away with it. <laughs> Well, you, wow. you got away with a lot. I mean, but, it, <laughs> but, but it's... Joker and the Scarecrow, yeah, absolutely. How about um Ivy when her hair turns... In, it looks like it's turning into that, the vegetation and is everywhere. Yeah. yeah, you know, that was because of... Well, it was somebody else's question. <laughs> <laughs> and now I regret it because there's so many fucking leaves. You have to keep it up. You have to do it over and over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's web. Oh, God, now it's a great costume, but good Lord. Tim, haven't you ever heard of uh, working smarter, not harder? (laughs) (laughs) I have. have All right, one more. Um, Mr. Freeze's long dome, like the really tall dome on top of his head. No, I I have no idea where that came from. It's just it's just so unique. I love it. I I sort of just wanted to backtrack to something we were talking about before. Uh, we were talking about the volume of work, uh, for example, in the omnibus. But everything that you've produced over the years, like first of all, it's difficult to to name many creative teams who are responsible for the amount of iconic work that you and Jeff have done together. Like you've inspired some of the biggest comic book movies that have been made like the nolan movies took inspiration yeah. from from some of the work that you and jeff did but over the years that you you and jeff have worked together have created together so many times was that because you felt you knew that you worked well together or did it come uh, as much from a, a personal relationship that you wanted to keep working together uh personal but you know, it, it combines with the other. Uh, personal means, yeah, this is fun. Let's keep going. That kind of thing. It sounded like they, DC knew a winner when they saw one because um, I know after, uh, what was it, oh, the, uh, the the Halloween specials, they gave you that pristine, prestige right. format with the foil covers. Yeah. And they were right. they were super successful. And then, uh, then Long Halloween was pitched with uh, Archie Goodwin, right, <coughs> I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace to Archie Goodwin, who was a, a brilliant man and knew uh, he he had a vision for you and Jeff as well, I believe. And uh, and it it just seems like something that was just meant to be, you know, that that working dynamic and how well his writing yeah. went with your artwork uh, for this Batman Ar- universe. Archie passed 
halfway through Long Halloween. So he was part of launching it, but he was there all through the Halloween specials. And he was very important. I learned this later. Very important for Jeff as a writer, and Archie as a writer, although he, he was a artist as a artist as well. It was really important to guide Jeff into comics from movies. Right, yeah. I know that that was very important for Jeff for that to happen. By the time we get we got to a year-long detective story, right, with a wow ending, <laughs> that was a, a big deal, especially for Jeff because he thought he was I know that he was concerned that... They were going to figure it out. In three if you. Ish, <laughs> yeah. you know. So for Archie to say, don't worry about it, just do the work, people would care about it, even if they get it. I remember um, being like a young in New York when it was coming out, and me and my friend would just uh, run over to the comic store every time we knew the next issue of Long Halloween was coming out, and uh, those covers always stuck out to us the most. Even to this day, it was just, there's nothing oh, yeah. Like, those that was all Jeff. Jeff wanted every cover to be... Different holiday? Yeah, iconic. Right. That yeah. The same way with Dark Victory and the Hulk. Same thing. You know, the covers as a, a whole. Did he give you loose scripts or like very tight where it kind of describes like, you know, what specifically he wanted in each page and scene? Or did he just leave that up to you to interpret it and tell your side of the story? By that point, they were pretty tight, but kind of like movie scripts, I guess. Panel one, close on Batman. Panel two, closer. <laughs> Panel three, as angry as, as we have ever seen him. Wow. You know, that kind of thing. But, but it would... You know, it would back off to talk about the room, but he, he let me. He knew if he said a sleazy room from a what? Like a hotel room or something? Yeah, I could do that. So he, he would let that. He would let that go. So I know you've done some work with another iconic, you know, other iconic writers and creators. Um, One I wanted to ask you about was a picture of you and this artist he's also a writer who has um who has passed away um darwin cook what was it like working with him because i I know you did some work with superman confidential Mm, amongst other things how was it working with you know another you know someone like darwin cook oh yeah you also did a date night with darwin cook didn't you uh with that catwoman yeah date night was a a, that was all written on one piece of paper Hmm. (laughs) because it was darwin wrote that for himself, for himself to draw, right? So it wasn't, there were no indications of stuff for artists to do, right? Kryptonite was different, and it was difficult because he was hard to get a hold of. I wanted to ask him questions, and he wouldn't respond. So I had to make up shit. (laughs) No, really, I mean... I didn't know if the kryptonite monster was good or bad. or I'm not sure that Darwin knew it when he began pitching it uh, either. Yeah, no, it was, it was difficult that way. But I will say that the moments, the small moments, like Clark and Lois, Clark and the snow bear, Clark and his 
parents were, I, I, and I said this to him, write me a whole series based on, he got the personal stuff so well. Yeah. Tim, going back to your uh, relationship with Jeff and how you said it was more personal on yeah. the reason, on the reason being you guys kept working together. Do you guys have anything planned in the future? Um, I know he's got a lot of responsibility at Marvel now, but do you plan on working with him on any future DC projects that you can sort of talk about? No, nothing planned or to be talked about. But we do talk, and I hope there's something in the future. The, um, in, in one of the deluxe collected editions, there was an, a note from Jeff, and he, he did, the way it's worded, he did almost promise a long Halloween 3 one day. If that were to ever come to be, would you be on board for something like that? Well, first of all, yes. Yeah. <laughs> second, I don't think Jeff would ever do that okay. without, in the same way that I would never do, well, let's put it this way. I worked with Darwin yeah. on Kryptonite, and I changed the way that I drew Superman because I did not want to get in the way of what Jeff and I had done. Looking back, what, what would you say you would be most happy with or most proud of or what you know what's the your favorite thing to take away from it all so far um please say daredevil please say daredevil what he he was hoping you were going to say daredevil because he's a big daredevil fan the daredevil yellow is is like you know i really hold that dear to my heart i I love that story so much i I believe tim was going to say dark victory though dark victory i was yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I that's a book that gets better every time I read it. Dark Victory. It's uh, yeah. it's something about it. I. I think I really like the way Gordon's laid out in the office and every issue he has to put, I guess, more evidence or more information on the board. And you know they're looking for Hangman and it's a real it's super polished that one too. I mean I love it all that you've done, but yeah, Dark Victory is a really nice piece. Tim, when we first started doing the podcast, we started. Long Halloween was one of the first arcs that we covered. <laughs> I think I think we went panel by panel. Yeah, we did. And it, it was like a, a four-part, month-long review of Long Halloween. If you ever want to just listen back and laugh. <laughs> if you ever want to die of boredom like, yeah. from the way we talk about it. But um, listen to that shit. I, I actually should, should you ever be in the mood to listen to a bunch of goofs spend more time talking about your art than you spent drawing it, then that, <laughs> that's the place to go. We've spent a lot of time here talking about uh, your history, uh, everything that you've already worked on. What does the future have? What what can we expect to to see from you next? Yeah. Uh, it's just to add to that question, what would you like to do? Because we like to influence and get the word out to DC or whatever, knowing that fans want something that the creator wants as well. So what do you plan to do or want to do? You know, have that. I really want to uh, do some stuff with Black Label. Oh! Oh! Now, there there was recently, uh, that may have been uh, within the past year, there was something reported saying that... Uh, you might be working on something with Tom King. Now, was that referencing more than just the variant covers on his Batman run? Was there something else uh, in the pipe? Yeah, but it it depends on Tom's immense work 
schedule and have talked to him about mm. something bigger. Oh, mm. uh, we expect to have Tom back on the show again uh, in the near future. So uh, we'll uh, we'll express to him ourselves how much we we want to see that happen as well. And Please do. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully oh, yeah. that oh, in. I'm I'm gonna text him right now. Actually, let's all tell him right now. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> Tom. Uh, Tom's a good friend too, and he. Uh, yeah, this is that would be a. I think that would be another match made in heaven. You too. Oh yeah. So. Uh, We'll definitely get on that. His work with uh, Lee Weeks is Oof. the best stuff for me, comics, that I've seen since Darwin. Wow. Damn. Wow. Damn. Mic drop. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think Lee Weeks right now might be doing the best work he's ever done. Lee Weeks is amazing. And he is, man. Yeah. Um, Dude, that that Mister Free that Mister Free story is probably the best of the year. Yeah. Do you, do you keep up with like a lot of current books? No. Um, which is why when it pops out, it means something. Yeah. I just you know what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this why? Why hasn't anybody told me about this? Because nice. <laughs> they were trying to get you on Skype. That's why. <laughs> um, uh, I'll bring a couple of, issues uh, to your house and uh, we'll put it on the scale real quick. <laughs> Actually, um, As, speaking of Lee's work uh, and Tom's work for that matter, uh, are there any other, whether it's writers or artists that uh, that are working today that have similarly well, I'm I'm set, uh, sadly not up on uh, current. I had to be told about Tom. Oh, you know Elmer Fudd. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell is this? And it's it just so great and so <laughs> different and so inventive. Great story. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Tim, did did you read that one that annual that Lee Weeks did with Tom King where Batman and Catwoman are in another Yeah and they get married and grow old together? Yeah. What'd you think of that one? Pretty good. I thought it ripped off uh my story with Darwin. But <laughs> yeah, it did it did rip off your story with oh, Darwin because wow. they well, she, they keep also, chasing each other. That's right. It's also called Dare Night. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that now. It has the same cover. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mic drop. Well, what did they say? The imitation is the best form of flattery. Just like uh, Jim Lee. Didn't Jim Lee steal your covers for Hush? Oh, let's talk about it. Well, I was just curious if that was intentional. Mm. Apparently it wasn't. Maybe. Um, wow. That's interesting. But it's a great, great story. Yeah. Emma, I had a question. Do you do your own inks? I do. Oh, wow. You... You you wanted a certain inker for was it an inker for Long Halloween or you wanted Klaus didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Klaus because I wasn't uh, sure that I could pencil and ink a book a month. 
right? So I asked Klaus, and we had a lovely talk, and he said, no. <laughs> that, that sounds like Klaus to me. <laughs> uh, that's why that came about. And then, uh, then when you when you did you uh, inked when in Rome as well, or was that someone else? I can't remember. I inked both uh, Long Halloween and when okay, when. Okay. Wow, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the to to deal with the shadows the way you did. Uh, I just want to give a, a quick mention to in a uh, Batman Fear and the Haunted Night Saga when you had a. Bruce Wayne in bed and Alfred looking over him and the way you had the the light in the background and this is what like in the beginning with the haunt, uh, the Halloween specials but that that set such a perfect mood to me I don't know, I just always wanted to tell you that because it's just that image alone when they're in Wayne Manor it's almost like they're by candlelight or something it's just you know the perfect mood uh, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you were inking <laughs> that's what I want to say like, yeah so. there's there's some humor that I see in your your pages as well is that something that jeff wrote in or is that something you just kind of added like for example in, like, in Rome, when like selena's laying there in her swimsuit and like edward ning was behind her and he's like wiping his brow while he's looking over <laughs> oh my things God. like that, so... <laughs> Yo, that... <laughs> i think we're yeah that's like... <laughs> for me and chuck jones ah uh, chuck jones yeah you know it's funny when you say or Jeff said that you drew ugly people because you drew yeah. one you drew one sexy Catwoman man oh my god it's almost like yeah like, but that was that point yeah challengers he said I want to stick with tits <laughs> <laughs> I knew Trunks a little bit. <laughs> I, didn't, I I I, I kind of knew what he meant but. I didn't know how to, how to do it. Yeah. Uh, you might not get a chance to really interact with people who enjoy your work, but your your work resonates with a lot of people. It really does in this genre. A lot of young people, too, new people coming in. I know so many people um, who re- don't e- aren't even into comics but could always quote The Long Halloween. They just absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. It, it's so universal. It's like anybody could pick that book up and read it and, and enjoy the hell out of it. You know, along mm-hmm. with your other work and whatnot, and your Marvel works are very popular too. So I just, uh, I, you know, I know you're busy, but I just want you to know that um, your your work is very appreciated and is, and is going to stand the test of time. It really is. These are classic books, classic work, classic artwork, I should say. And uh, thanks, know. man. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Tim. Tim, for me, uh, most people's favorite Batman story is Dark Knight Returns or Hush, but Long Halloween has always been my favorite Batman story. Hush. And act- Actually, my uh, <laughs> actually, when I first started dating my fiance, my first birthday that I had, she asked me what I wanted, and I, I told her I wanted uh, the Long Halloween Absolute Edition, and she thought I was crazy wanting to spend a hundred dollars on a book because she's not a reader to begin with, and I still have that Absolute Edition to this day. Um, so when I go to New York next month for New York Comic Con, I'm gonna bring it by. I hope you can sign it for me. Wait, are, are you you're, you are coming to New York Comic Con then? Is that yeah? Are you going to have some new prints? I got, like, so many. I can build a house with the amount of prints I bought for you, from you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll still buy more. Don't get me wrong. Um, actually, Legends, are you on Are you on their commission list or what, boy? You want to get to Yeah. Tim, I hit up uh, Jason um, 
at uh, sequ- sequential about getting on your commission list. And uh, he said he, he wasn't sure if you were uh, interested in doing two character commissions, but I had a, a big favor I wanted to ask of you. I'm, I'm uh, <clears throat> big on Mr. Freeze and Nora. I don't know if you had time in your schedule to uh, work on a commission for me for Mr. Freeze and Nora. I'd gladly uh, set it up with Jason and uh, pay for it. No problem. Certainly, uh, a mixture freeze. All right, well, awesome. Uh, thank you so much for for giving us the time. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. you. Thanks again, Tim. uh, We'll let you get back to uh, to life and uh. We look forward to seeing more work from you very soon. Yeah, and we'll um, we'll definitely hound Tom King about um, whatever you <laughs> want him, whatever you want him to do. I, I, We're serious. I, I, too. I, Thank I have you. literally already texted Tom King. <laughs> yeah. Black label. You black Thank label. You. Hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.